Hello, everyone. My name is Christina Morrissey. Thanks so much for joining us today. This podcast series explores the world of mineral and resources careers in Australia. And with hundreds of diverse career choices open across the mining and energy sector, opportunities exist on remote sites, in city-based offices and high-tech control and management centres, in science as well as in computer laboratories in a mix of locations across Australia. The mining industry is driving a recruitment program at the moment to showcase the career opportunities and the diversity of work in the industry. And they're asking people like you to be part of the solution, to take up the challenge and to help change the industry, drive sustainability, and to recognise how the industry is critical as a partner in the renewable and clean energy sector. So let's welcome our panellists for today's session. We have Sivan Kenobi and Dr. Gavin Lin. Sivan is a dual qualified electrician. She works for Rio Tinto up in East Arnhem Land and Gavin is the CEO of Australian Minerals and Energy Skills Alliance. And today he's coming to us from Melbourne. So we are all over the countryside today, team. Welcome both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Savan, let's start with you. What drew you to your apprenticeship and the mining industry? Can you talk us about reality versus perception uh, once you got in there? Yeah, well, I guess um, I was born and raised in Nolanboy in East Island which is a mining town in itself. So the, work, the idea of working within the industry has always been a possibility to me. Uh, growing up as a territory kid, I always found myself outdoors, fishing, boating, forward driving, you know, just exploring the outdoors. So due to these hobbies and living so remote, if things break, you kind of have to fix them yourself. So I think that's why I just kind of gravitated towards that more hands-on role and why I wanted to do an apprenticeship when I left school. Um, when I was in high school, yeah, I did enjoy my more academic subjects as well, including my maths and my physics. So therefore, I copped a lot of push from teachers and peers' parents to go down that academic pathway when leaving school and go to university. However, I said to them, I don't want to do that. I want to go do a trade. And though they still were like pushy, so I did apply for university. I applied for electrical engineering. And so I could tell them all, yes, I did apply for engineering. And I, and I was actually successful in getting into electrical engineering. But my role, my plan A was to get a trade. So I said to them all, I'll give myself a year when I leave school. If I can't pick up an apprenticeship, well, then I will go to uni. But Luckily enough, I picked up an apprenticeship after I finished school and never looked back. Sivan, so explain to us, you said that you're in a really remote area of Australia. How did you find a vet course that would allow you to do what you wanted to do as well as find an apprenticeship? So Rio Tinto is the mining operation here and they put out one electrical apprentice the year that I was successful in getting that. So it was a very tight competition um, because I knew that it was a bit going to be a bit tight and tough to get into this role back in year 10 when I realised I wanted to go down this pathway after leaving school. I did as many vet subjects at school to get my, get, get that little bit of extra edge when I come into that competition pool of getting an apprenticeship. So I did uh, my certificate two in resource and infrastructure and then went on to do certificate two in engineering pathways while I was at school. This allowed me to do work experience within electrical companies within the domestic town residents. So I was able to go to my interview for my apprenticeship saying, I have experience in the field. I also was able to do my working at heights and my white card training while at school. So I came out with all these vet qualifications before I even started my apprenticeship. You are impressive. 
That's all right. I can, and I think I can sense, Gavin, your admiration there in the background as well. She's, that's a really impressive Totally. Um, it's a real thinking. inspiration. Absolutely yeah. inspirational story there, Savan. Thank you for sharing it. So when, when you finally managed to get yourself in there, Savan, um, talk to us about reality versus perception of what you were signing up for. Well, I guess coming out of school, the industry can be seen as like this big scary place, all these people working, everybody, you know, in high biz, just doing their jobs. But once you get in the door, as long as you're willing to learn and you have the right attitude, there's all these people that are in the industry that just want to teach you, want to help you grow, help you learn. And that's what I, a lot of people would be like, it's a really scary place. Why would you go there? But it's not, it's not scary once you're inside. And yeah, have the right attitude, and so many people are, are there to help yeah. learn. So, Gavin, can you tell us some of the challenges the mining industry is confronting and how they're being addressed as far as trying to attract uh, potential workers like Savan goes? Well, I think the way Savan's uh, characterized some of those things, and Savan, as you said, it's this perception thing. And perhaps, you know, you had the benefit of being in community and you could see what the industry was or alongside industry. But we hear a lot of young people and we call them Gen Zs, I guess, is, is the, the, the common nomenclature here. But Gen Zs, by and large, it's a value-based thing and they don't have enough information is what they often say. Is, well, we don't know, know enough about the mining industry to, in fact, know what type of jobs there are. And once you tell them the mining industry is this cool place with cool jobs and technology is is such a feature of the job and you can do very many different things. They then go, oh, well, how do I get more information to to find out what happens? And then the next bit I hear, Savan, is about um, role models. And, you know, I'm not sure who you saw as a role model, but I can imagine that many people are going to see you as a role model because they can say, I see myself as Savan in a year's time, five years time. And I think that's the power of storytelling. And this is part of what we see here. So, you know, Chrissy, it's about that values, linking values, uh, any individual's values to what the industry has. So I know we confront issues around environment and social responsibility and communities. But I think if you have a values-based wanting to make it better and wanting to elevate that mining is so important to Australia, so important to regional Australia. I think those are some of the things that we hear and also around that technology adoption. And Savannah, I'm sure you see auto, you know, automated trucks and automated drill rigs and all these kinds of really cool things and drones being operated underground 2,000 kilometers away in Perth or some remote operation center. So it's about telling the story of these amazing jobs, Chrissy. All right, you've talked about these new amazing jobs. Mm. Give us some more information. What are the emerging skills and jobs and why are they changing so rapidly? Well, it's, it's interesting that the mining industry is very innovative. It's one of the most innovative industries uh, in Australia, if not the world. And I know the Productivity Commission did a study recently that said Australia top five for innovation in mining. Um, so much so that I think the uh, the, the, the use of automa automation is there to help ensure that workplaces become safer. Um, so I think that's the lens the industry always takes is how can we keep our people safe? So if we use technology to do that, that's a very positive thing. So it's also about accessing different types of jobs and letting know that people in the cities, in fact, can work in mining. So there might be these remote operation centers and, uh, you know, Savan smiling in a way because, you know, if you're a gamer, you can operate a truck. You can operate a truck remotely one day. Uh, if you if you work in different industries that have skills that look like our industry, so you can think of dispatch or, you know, sequencing or planning, you know, uh, you know perhaps, uh, you know, we, we've heard that paramedics 
join the mining industry because they're very good at these kind of scheduling, dispatching trucks and scarce resources. So I think it's all about, you know, being better, efficient, uh, being at the front line of automation, you know, sorry, the front line of technology. Uh, And this is an industry where you can explore these things. Sivan, I mentioned at the start that you actually have two qualifications, so two in your apprenticeship. First one is straight electrical, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And then I went on to do an additional certificate three in instrumentation and control once completing my electrical. Tell us about that one. So that was one of the main reasons I really wanted to do my apprenticeship within the mining industry is because it opens up opportunities for more specialised fields within the electrical industry itself. Instrumentation and control allows us to operate things from a remote location and helps put take away that operation uh, operator to take those manual samples and it can take samples, for an example anyway, samples and send it back to, say, a computer where somebody else can monitor it. Um, this is, yeah, the reason I did this is because then it opens up the door for me into so many other roles within the mining industry for my future. No, can you hear in your heart, can you hear Gavin nodding from Melbourne, wherever <laughs> he is? It's so amazing because that the, the way you've just described that, Savan, is the way that, for example, a surveyor and sampler will use that information that you are implementing in an instrumentation and control way to get the data to them. And then they can spend more time actually analyzing the data than going onto sites or being put themselves in a you know possibly dangerous situation uh, to collect that data. So I think this is you know such a tangible real example of how Savan is improving the industry and improving herself and setting herself up for success and also those around her. I think it's an amazing story and congratulations again, Sivan. What a fantastic choice you've made in something so practical and hands-on. Oh, thank you. Hey, Sivan, let's talk to the people coming behind you, the people listening to this podcast. What advice would you offer to them if they're looking at entering the minerals and energy uh, industry? Because not everyone's going to be an electrical person like yourself. There's other roles. Yep. Uh, My advice for anyone that's looking to enter the industry is just to go for it. Really, don't be afraid to get in there. Give it a go. If you're chasing more information, chat to anybody that you know. I'm sure that if you've got the right attitude, as I said earlier, people are willing to chat to you. Like, I have all these kids coming through school and my brother's actually four years below me and he got an apprenticeship as a fitter and turner uh, with Rio Tinto as well. But all he's group that were coming through school were like so I'm like how do we get a job and a couple of them have picked up truck driving jobs and just and operator jobs so they've just like you know come up to me like so what do I do so chat to anybody that you know but if you don't know just apply for it give it a go yeah I love I love the enthusiasm in your voice I'm going to ask that little tricky question though that everyone's wondering is the is the pay as good is the remuneration as good as we think it is from outside of this industry so myself, I am in a remote location as well. And that's an, another advantage to mining is it opens up you know, opportunities to visit the beautiful remote locations around Australia. Um, so therefore, I am on pretty good money uh, being in a remote location and good benefits. Uh, even as an apprentice, you're on good money? Yes. Oh. In, on this site that I was on, I was on good money. Fantastic. Well, that's a place to learn then, isn't it, when you're getting good money like that as well. Gavin? Round us out here, sir. What's your advice to people who are influencing students for career changes? What would you say to them? I'd say even if you don't think your skills or your education 
is applicable to mining, I would say that it is. And mining offers those pathways and it will provide you the educational pathway as well. The way Savan is on an apprenticeship, there's also traineeships. So there's additional certificates that you can do in metalliferous mining or coal mining or in drilling. So if just as Savan says, just ask around, you know, talk to people, give it a go, have that open, open-minded opportunity because it's such an exciting industry to work in. You know, where, where you start is not where you think you're going to end. And I'm pretty sure Savan doesn't even recognize the amazing things that are still awaiting her. Uh, but that's what I'd say to anyone who's looking to a career change is mining offers you for as short a period as you want. You're going to come into this, learn new skills. And if you decide to leave the industry one day, you'll go to other jobs with these brand new skills and make those jobs even better as well. So that's what I would say to you is just give it a go. Team, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Enjoyed talking to you. Lots of inspiration there, Savan, in particular from yourself. Thank you. Thank you. And Gab, where can we actually go to? I know Savan's mentioned talk to people, talk to people, but is there a particular site that people can go to and just Google away? Yeah, absolutely. I would suggest people have a look at the Minerals Council of Australia website. That's got a great career section and some good information, um, and that can be found at minerals.org.au. Gavin, Savan, thanks so much. And thanks to everyone for listening today. And we look forward to catching up with you next time. Goodbye.